Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod. I want to apologize to you for the 49ers because you're about to go on this trip and it is week three of the preseason. We hear that the 49ers are about to play their their ones for a couple series here. And then they go out and trade Trey Lance to our mortal enemy a couple hours before the game starts. And then they go out and lay an egg on uh, on week three of the preseason here. N- n- not a good not a good day in 49er land, I don't think. I swear, I when I first saw that post, it was actually somebody had screenshotted, and I think it was SF Niner or something, and I swore that they were they were punking me. I could not believe that um that that was true. That well, I mean, I you know, let's be real. I I was I I knew that Lynch was full of horse bucky when you're talking about we could probably keep him, but um. You know, if you're trying to trade somebody, that's the last thing you say is, oh, my God, we got to get him out of here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so I I saw that for what it was. But um, the Cowboys is an interesting situation for a lot of reasons. Number Who is one, their like, backup quarterback, by the way? Um, Cooper Rush. Okay, so Trey's going to be the three in mm-hmm. Dallas? Yep. And he was going to be the three in San Francisco? Appears so. It <laughs> appears so. Yeah, that's a that Dallas situation is interesting. Like I say, for a lot of reasons. Um, and this is not a Dallas podcast, so I won't really go into it. But um, you know, Dak is you know I, if he is not their long term solution, it would Trey might get a good long look. You he, know? So what has he got? Two years left on his deal. Well, he has. They can extend him, which they probably won't. Um, they they've got the fifth year option in their pocket. This is year four, right? For Dak, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. First year was Jimbo. Second year, this is third. Yeah, okay. So this is three. So he's got one more, and then the fifth the, the fifth year option. Right. Right. Um, which I was positing that while they might not extend him, they might do something like Packers did with Jordan Love where they didn't they didn't give him the fifth year extension, but they gave him like a two year extension mm-hmm. to um, you know, for about the same money as the fifth year, but for, for two years instead of just one, and gave him a chance to, you know, prove himself and, you know, sitting Sitting probably is not the worst thing. I, I like I've said, his the guy who went right before him, Zach Wilson. I'm sure. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably the best thing that ever happened to Zach Wilson in terms of just being able to sit back. Um, this preseason, on anybody who's been watching Hard Knocks knows he's been basically getting all the work because 
because Aaron Rodgers, what does he need with yeah. training camp? <laughs> well, also, anybody who's watching um, Hard Knocks, they have these little targets around, and Aaron Rodgers is like a master at dropping that bitch in there from like 60 <laughs> yards away. And I was wondering, we didn't have no targets at our training camp. Well, how come... How come? Maybe because nobody on our team can drop it in a bucket. Like, or it's like a, it, it's just like a trick. Like it's it's a party trick for him. He's like, <laughs> oh, I can do this one thing. Remember, um, uh, remember Kyle Bowler from Cal? Mm-hmm. He would sit on his knee from the fifty yard line and throw it through the uprights. Like that was his party trick. <laughs> I think that's Aaron Rodgers' party trick. Is that's just what he can do. Like he's just he just does that on his free time. It's like exactly. a magic trick. You know, Brock is like he's like, Yeah, I gotta learn one of those things for if I ever go on that show. Um, like I say they their magic trick, the punters and the kickers, they try to punt the ball and hit the upright. You know, so like you say, I guess it, it may be as it's a football thing. So so this uh, the beginning of this show that we're going to talk about this Trey thing. I, I mean, I'm going to let the people listening know I'm going to be a little negative on the 49ers side because I don't think that they handled this well. And I, I don't want to say I, I don't want to react in like a defensive way. Obviously, Trey is just a contract, just like every other player in the NFL. You trade contracts, you don't trade players. And, but my, my issue is that I sort of feel like the worst thing for Trey was last game when he came into the game and the fans just erupted for him because that showed the 49ers that what the fans want is a little bit different from what they're seeing in camp and what they're seeing as far as where they're going to go. So before the fans kind of create this, you know, we want Trey stuff. I, I think there maybe there was a little bit of impetus for them to to get to get him out of there sooner than later. Though at the same time, you know, who knows if that trade has been on the table and they just decide to do it now, or who knows if they were looking for a four this whole time and they were only seeing fives, and you know, Dallas kind of scoots in there because. I don't understand trading him to Dallas. It is the, you know, there are may, maybe inner division, maybe the Rams and the Seahawks would be worse just for the, you know, just trading in Cardinals division Cardinals, same thing. But outside of those teams, like I literally would have rather him gone to the Raiders than gone to the Cowboys. Like that's just for the history of this franchise. You know, it's, it's why the, the giants and the Dodgers don't ever trade with each other like that did not make any sense to me to get to send him to a Dallas team that historically has been one of your, your, your biggest, uh, you know, your biggest enemies as far as the, the history of the NFL. And here's the thing. Um, and I, I truly believe both Kyle and John Lynch, John Lynch really seemed like he was going through it. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't seem like this is something that he did cavalierly or that he enjoyed doing. Um, this whole thing, I agree with you, from beginning to end has kind of been a shit show, and, in my opinion. And and Rick um, Rick just wrote that in, in the comments. Just from day one, this has been a situation that, and you you can even go back right because. 
they had the 12th pick. They trade all the way up to three and they get Trey. And it's not like Shanahan said, you know, we got the franchise. He He's very hard on QBs. You, you mentioned this last week when, when we talked about Jimmy. He's really hard on his QBs and the QB has to deal with him and, and really be efficient and, and know the playbook. And, you know, some of this is not Trey's fault and it's not the 49ers fault either. It's just bad luck. The finger injury, um, the other injuries that he had last year, he plays the only game that he plays is literally in a torrential downpour in Chicago. And so if you make, if you have any, if you come to any conclusions based off of that game, like that's just unfair to, to Trey, but at the same time, Justin Fields made like one or two plays that Trey didn't make in that game and Chicago wins. So I can, you know, there's, there's it, but it's just, it just shows you how fluky this entire thing with Trey has been. And like Rick said, and like, I think you're about to say is, you know, the team that we root for and the team that we think is, you know, for the most part, a pretty smart organization and has one of the best rosters. Like we're complaining about a team that a lot of people have, picked for the Super Bowl. So we're sort of like, you know, this is the team of riches and we're complaining about how they handled something. But I do think, you know, we kind of have to be unbiased here and look at the full situation, which is, you know, Kyle is supposed to be the guy who's the quarterbacks, you know, fall onto his lap and he's going to help make them better. I don't think that happened with Trey at all. And maybe it was never destined to happen. Like I was reading Bill Barnwell who, uh, you know, I, I've met before and I've had conversations with. Him. He's a really cool guy. He's really smart. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a long piece about Trey, which is like, the dude had like 13 starts in college at, you know, at a, at a low division and then just did not have the snaps, which is what you've been talking about the last couple of weeks, just did not have the snaps at the pro level for you to make any kind of assumption about him and, they're, so they're trading a complete unknown and all, and what they have is what they've seen in, in training camp. And maybe he did not make that leap that they wanted, but at the same time, I didn't get to see the game and I'll explain why, but it's not like Brandon Allen came in and, and, and uh, opened his arms to the friend, to the or, fans. Or, or Sam Darnold, <laughs> really. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really disappointing because it just it's a it's frustrating because i would like to sit down with them and and, and ask in in when in your mind's eye when you decided that trey was the guy over justin fields because to me that's the decision it's mm-hmm. either trey or justin fields you don't trade all that to go up to 3 to draft Mac Jones. You, no. you just don't do that. And then, you know, now everybody's talking about all these players that they could have drafted instead of Trey. You don't trade all that stuff, go up to three, and then draft any of those players. Yeah. If those were the players you were targeting, you could have traded up higher if you wanted to, because a lot of those play, but a lot of those players would have been there 12 if that's what you were trying to do. And if you were trying to target, let's say, Patrick Satang or Micah Parsons, 
which I don't know why you would do that if you got Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. But anyway, let's say that's what you wanted to do was to trade up to draft at a position of strength. Okay, <laughs> dumb to me. Um, that sounds like some hindsight shit that you say you would do. But in the moment, that doesn't make any sense. But even if you're going to do that, you wouldn't have to give up all of that to do that. Yeah. Once you give up all you've given up, you have clearly stated to the world that you're going to get a quarterback. So that's what it was. And what I don't, the part that I don't understand is did they really believe after watching him play at North Dakota state in his 300 pass attempts and all that he was plug and play that you were going to bring him in and he was going to be ready to play. That doesn't make any sense to me. We want to compare, people want to compare Brock to Trey. Brock played four years. You know, it that it's just it's a different deal. Um, Trey was not ready to be handed the keys to the franchise, and they didn't hand them to him. So I don't know. I, I don't know where how to apportion all of the blame. But what I do know that it's completely unfair to dump all that shit on Trey. Mm-hmm. and let Lynch and Shanahan step back and not have anything to do with it. The analogy I've been using, if your kid can't read, you can't just shit on the kid. The teacher has some responsibility in it. The parent has some responsibility in it. And obviously the child, if they aren't doing what they're supposed to do, they have responsibility into it as well. But it's not all their fault. And that's what, you know, earlier in the week, was what it was. It was like, this is all Trey's fault. It's been uh, people like Barnwell. And I've I've been seeing people come out. um, I saw Lewis Riddick was talking about the failure of the 49er brain trust in the development of Trey. And that's a story that needs to be told more is that this was an organizational failure. And when you talk about trading them to the Cowboys, what you're trying to do, I think, is in a bad situation. You're trying to mitigate it and not make it any worse. There's a scenario where this could get a lot worse, a lot, lot worse. If he is the dude you thought he was and you just gave him to the Cowboys and then he turns into that and, you know, there's this wild scenario, again, that, you know, Brock is more Mullins than Montana and this this could be disastrous for that for that management team. This is the type of shit that if it goes left, they could get fired for real. <laughs> the 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 part that I think you know uh, my 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 buddies at uh, Light Years. I don't know if you listen to the Warriors podcast Light Years with uh, Sam Esfandieri uh, and Andy Liu. Uh, I've actually recorded with them a couple times and they made this comparison of Trey Lance and James Wiseman. James Wiseman gets drafted by the Warriors. Number two, they're terrible. Steph comes back and Steph is like all world. And James Wiseman is just not, he's, he, he is very similar to train that he barely played any college whatsoever. Like because of the sanctions at, at Memphis Penny Hardaway. Uh, and and so you don't have a lot of tape on him. He doesn't have a lot of reps. He comes in the NBA, and he's not he's not moving fast enough for the Warriors, who are actually having a, a half. You know, they're having a half decent season. 
And so, you know, then he gets hurt. Very similar to Trey. Trey gets hurt. And basically by the time, you know, the next year happens, the Warriors are like on a roll. And that's the year that they win the championship. And, and Wiseman is just kind of, he's injured. He's not really playing that much. And, and then, so last year is kind of the make or break year for him. And they trade him before the trade deadline to get Gary Payton, the, uh, the second back. So the comparison is actually pretty apt because Trey Lance was kind of brought in to be the savior and then certain things happen, and all of a sudden, Brock Purdy steps in, and he's more of Kyle's kind of guy. Now, that goes back to when you draft him, the idea was is that Trey had some traits that Kyle could actually use to open up the offense in ways that it wasn't currently. And then Brock comes in and... You know, he he plays like 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 he plays like an A plus version of Jimmy Garoppolo for those mm-hmm. last seven games or whatever. So we have the best version of what Jimmy was doing. And look, Brock could be better than that, right? Like you would think if he had that good of a rookie season, if he keeps getting better, him and Kyra on the same page, you know, by year two, by year three, by year four, like we could be seeing somebody who's just mastered the offense. You know what you said, the sophomore jinx can also happen. There's more tape on him. People start to know, okay, what does Brock do? Well, why does he roll out this way all the time? Like that's that's kind of a little bit worrisome to mm-hmm. me. Um, but, you know, and, and then what if he gets hurt? Like that's the thing that scares me the most is, is you see him get hit in, in Philly the first time that he really, really, really took a big hit like that and, and the elbow goes out. So those are more my worries. And I hate I hate it because it makes it seem like Brock is somewhat in the wrong here, and he's not. He's just a, he just played some damn good football last year. So I'm hopeful that that is the case. But at the same time, you almost wish that uh, my uh, my good um, uh, the guy that I used to listen to when I was a kid, Ralph Barbier, used to have this saying. He used to say two things can be equally true. I want Brock to ball out. And I wanted Trey to have a chance at the same time. Now, those are equally true. It could just couldn't happen on the field. Mm-hmm. And that is the frustration, I think, for for some of the some of the Niners fans, which makes Trey a little bit of the underdog in that sense. And so, yeah, I, I do think that s- some part of Lynch and Shanahan were like, if we let this thing go into the season, all of a sudden, if Brock doesn't play pro bowl football the fans are going to be chanting for this dude and we just don't think he's good enough and you know we don't think he's going to be as good as brock and that could create a little bit of frustration now brock has been great about this he says that they're best friends trey i think has been really good really professional and you know they let they they gave him the day off when they told him that sam darnold was the number two and that he was going to be the number three so we don't know exactly how he reacted, but they were like, you know, this is a light practice. You take the day off. Uh, and and then he, you know, supposedly he was going to come back and play tonight before he got traded. He did not play. It was, it was Brandon Allen. So there, there's just a little bit of, I would say, a lack of transparency on the 49ers side. And if you're Shanahan and Lynch, you probably say, look, we got a Super Bowl winning roster. We're, we're going with our guys. We don't really have to explain this thing. Trade didn't work out. The problem with that statement 
you've been telling us for three years that he's doing really well. And so it's just a little, a little bit of lack of transparency. That is football talk. That is GM talk. That is coach speak. It's not truthful necessarily. The writing was sort of on the wall uh, for them even having Sam Darnold. I think us smart fans who kind of see between the lines knew mm-hmm. sort of what was coming, uh, but it doesn't make it any easier to, to think that, you know, this guy didn't really get a fair shake. Unfortunately, some of it is the Niners fault. Some of it is his fault. A lot of it is just fluky bad luck. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, and I, I'm not here to just pound on management, but I kind of am, but that is kind of what I do. But um, <laughs> that whole thing with Warner and those guys being out there, kind of hung out there to answer questions oh, yeah. about Trey after that. And then this whole dog and pony show that um, Tim Ryan and, and Greg Papa have been trying to pull, were trying to tell me that Sam Darnold is better than Trey Lance. I mean, okay, if you say so, I'm telling you, I counted four times that dude threw the ball behind his receivers. He he is a he is a pick waiting to happen. So but they've got what they wanted and now they have to live with it. I, it, it better work. That's I, it, it better I mean work. and that's how it works, right? You have to <laughs> live with it. And it I think the the thing that I'm frustrated with, right? Like James Wiseman from the Warriors goes to to Detroit. I'm like, "Great. I'm rooting for that dude. I want to mm-hmm. see that dude succeed." I got rookie cards. I believed in him. I want to see him be a good basketball player. If Trey Lance goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars to sit behind uh, Trevor Lawrence, I root my ass off for, uh, for, you know, for Trey. I I know uh, I've interviewed uh, Shad Khan's son, Tony, who Shad Khan's the owner. Tony Khan, who um, he's in charge of uh, All Elite Wrestling, he's the, who's the secondary company to WWE, he also works with the Jaguar. I know him a little bit. I've interviewed him. I've talked to him. I've seen him before. So I would root for – I'd be like, oh, yeah, Trey's on the, on the Jaguars. I'm in. You know, I don't have a second team, but you know, almost all of a sudden I have a little bit of rooting. Him going to the Cowboys – can't do it. I don't want any. I don't want like can't I. Do it. I can't. I cannot root for those dudes. So it's a little See, frustrating that, for me. You know, and I. But I have experience with this because Jerry went to the Raiders. Yes. Ronnie went to the Raiders. Yes. Roger went, Roger to, the went to the Raiders. And there have been other lesser players who have made that transition. Charles Haley went to the Cowboys. Yeah. But um. Yeah. I I never stopped rooting for Jerry Rice. I I root for Jerry Rice playing golf or whatever. Yeah, he, yeah. I I'm a fan. But um like like you said, you quoted Barbieri, two things can be true. I can root for Jerry Rice or Trey Lance and I can also root for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboy plane to crash. I mean, both things can be true. But um yeah, I I can't it's it's really a tricky situation cuz I can't abide rooting for those dudes at all or even watching those dudes yeah that's that's that 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 was just the thing that surprised (laughs) me and so okay so the optics of trading trey after what they had to give like this is not even about whether or not you like trey it's the optics of the trade in which they traded up to get him and you know you trade uh those picks those number ones 
I think they also traded a, a, a like a three. Mm-hmm. So it's and two runs in a swap, basically. Two runs in, uh, in a swap. And I think they've already paid two of those picks. So they only got like one left, right? Of the mm-hmm. ones. Oh, who? No, they're all. They've okay, all... so the, they paid them all off. Right. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's the trading up for it. And what you get out of that whole thing is now a, a fourth round pick. And so that is a bad deal. No matter, no matter who that fourth round pick that may, maybe that fourth round pick turns into like another Fred Warner, then you're like, okay, that's not, that's not that big of a deal. But so the optics of that pick, you lose that deal badly. I was also reading Barnwell. And I think he said out of like the last nine first round picks, only two have really worked out for the Niners. The the actually what they do mm-hmm. where they pick well is in the middle of the draft and, and not necessarily in the first round of the draft. That's where they actually excel. So my thing is, if you're going to trade this dude, you better have Bosa's press release ready because you need some good, especially after tonight's performance, you need some good news for this for this team because these fans me included you know you're in you're in the nfc championship uh last couple you know the the last few years you were in the super bowl four years ago you're sort of like you don't want to be the franchise that is knocking on the door and can never get through and so this year is a big year for 49er fans so you have this negativity with, with this tray thing and it's you know it's just it's just all over camp right the entire story of camp is really the trey lance story like that's the biggest story in camp and so now you finally lose him you got to have nick nick's got to be on the door like that press release better be out there monday because the longer that thing goes and then you add that to the tray thing these fans are going to be really frustrated and the expectations are high. Like they should be high. The Niners have been knocking at the door. You know, I, I already mentioned the only thing stopping Shanahan from being a hall of fame uh, head coach is the fact that not one, the big one. And he's not really been the quarterback whisperer that people thought he was going to be. He's gotten good seasons out of out of RG3. He's gotten good seasons out of Kirk Cousins. He's gotten good seasons out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Matt Ryan had MVP season. Well, he was the offensive coordinator. I, I do get that. But Matt Ryan was also a really good player before Kyle got there. This is really his opportunity to cement that status as, you know, who he's supposed to be. And uh, this is a, his opportunity. I think this is a, a big this is a vulnerable situation for Lynch and Shanahan only because the expectations are so high. And I expect the Niners to be good. Are they Super Bowl championship winning good? Like that's to be decided, but them, the Eagles and the chiefs are kind of like the three teams that people are thinking are, are Super Bowl uh, possibilities. So the expectation is high and you know, that this is really, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, uh, it's bullseye time for them. They need to show that that this this team is ready to go. Because if not, then what you said earlier, which is, man, that you know, the the idea that they could possibly be responsible for, uh, you know, being fired or, or whatever based off of this. I don't I don't think this Trey thing is that situation, but 
the expectations are high. You dealt with this thing kind of badly. You kind of need some good stuff going into the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's um, it's really precarious. The fact is, we we have we are really top heavy. We've got a lot of stars, but our depth really isn't there. And I, you know, I don't know. I just don't hear a whole lot of people talking about it. Everybody's like, it's just it's going to be fine. But it looks way different without Nick out there. And you want to tell me that he doesn't have any leverage? Okay. Um, but I, I just I keep going back to that analogy you made about Emma Smith. I think <laughs> I think that's that's a real thing. If we go in there, if he doesn't sign and we go in there to Pittsburgh and get our doors blown off, and then we go to New York or go wherever it is we go next. Um I know we don't play we play New York third game. Yeah, the, the first, first home game is New York on Thursday. Yeah. It this could be, you know, I think we're a good team and I think we are a super bowl contender, but there are scenarios where this thing goes sideways and with all of the other disappointments, as good as we've been, on top of, you know, now this, you know, this colossal flop with the picks and um, moving off a trade. I mean, I and, and and we just don't know what's going on with Jed. It, this is a very, very. I feel really, really un, uneasy going into this season. I am not as confident as I would have hoped I would be. And like you say, that's why this doesn't make any sense. Just from a PR standpoint, you got to get Nick signed. Yeah. Because as bad as I feel now, if we were, if, if, like you said, if they came out there and said, and I know, like you said, I think you're right because of how the media works. There's no way in hell they can come out here on Friday afternoon and say, we signed Nick Bosa. Yeah. That's not how it works. But first thing Monday morning, I would expect there to be a press release or uh, uh, Adam Schefter tweet that Nick Bosa is the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. And then all of a sudden, the sky's open, <laughs> yeah, champagne's <exactly>. popping, <laughs> and we've got, you know, the, the you know, order has been restored. Everything, there was no problem. You know, and that's what we need right now. We really need, um, we need some good news. So the the one thing I want to say is the the thing about Trey, and we're, we'll talk about the game here in a second. I'll explain why I didn't get to watch it. But a drafting a quarterback in the first round does not mean that that quarterback is going to be a star. <laughs> we have Sam Darnold on this on this uh, roster, right? You mentioned Zach Wilson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably a budding star. Uh, Justin Fields, electric runner. You want to see the the passing game improve on him. You know, still I'll take Mac Carson I'll take, Wentz. Carson, what? I'll I'll take <laughs> Trey Lance still over Mac Jones today, right? Today, like, today. I uh, don't get, know that Mac Jones is better than um Brady Zappier, whatever the <laughs> hell that guy's name is. So yeah, but but so the point is, is that just because you draft a quarterback in the first round doesn't mean that that quarterback is going to pan out. So this is not about well, the Niners didn't develop Trey into this star. That is not a, what this is about to me. It's that 
Trey didn't really have a chance because of the the couple things that we did. And the Niners, I don't I don't think that the last two years uh, they handled him quite correctly. Um, and and some of it is when your head coach and your GM are your most vocal people. Um, there's no. Not to say there's no one sticking up for the players necessarily, but you would I would like it to be a little bit more balanced in that, you know, I would like to hear non-coach speak about Trey. Now, whether that's 49ers PR, whether that's uh, but even the announcers, we mentioned the announcers, they are the mouthpiece for the team. And so it, it just seemed like these last two years, even though Trey was going to be the number one quarterback last year, it just seems like that there was just this uh, disbelief in his ability to actually win games. And it was almost like, we're going to prove to you that he's not the guy and we have to find the guy, which is unfortunate because I just don't think he had, he, he had the chance. Now Shanahan will probably say, yeah, you know, last year was going to be his year and then he got hurt and we couldn't do anything about that. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. You know the ankle injury w- was was just so fluky, and 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 whatever happened happened, and and they made uh that they made chicken salad out of chicken shit with that quarterback situation last year. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Garoppolo came in, played well. Second, he gets hurt. Brock comes in and plays excellent, and they they salvage that season. But there, it was just like there's just been this tone of. That you know Trey is not the guy, even though we drafted him to be the guy, almost since he was picked. And I just don't, I don't, it's I don't like they like have that. buyer's remorse almost immediately. I don't like that. Like, give the kid a chance. And again, it reminds me of the Wiseman thing. Uh, my my son uh, Brian, who who does uh, we want uh, who does the death lineup. He's like same thing with Joey Bart, who's the Giants catcher, who's the number two pick. Like, it just seems like these guys are just set up to fail, and it's like. The teams are good, so we we it's like the the people who we pick, they can't, you know, they they can't go through the normal growing pains that other picks go through because they're expected to be great because they got to keep up with everyone else on the roster, and that is just unfortunate. The expectation is unfortunate. What I will say is, my worry was that the fan base were going to give up on Trey and. Uh, one of my favorite follows uh, on on Twitter. Uh, her her name is. Uh, she works for. I think she works for the. I want to say the Monterey, um, the Monterey uh, station, the the Bay Area station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, I, her name slips slips uh, right right now. I'll, I'll find it at some point. And maybe I'll share it. <laughs> uh, but she said, you know. What what is it about Trey that causes people to, um, you know, to be negative about him because he's been so professional? And that question is a little bit of a loaded question because there's always this, um, you know, in the Bay Area it's a little bit better, but you know there 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 are racial undertones whenever mm-hmm. you draft an African American quarterback because of you know just these old you know, these, these old coach speaks from 30 years ago that people want to latch onto. Uh, but the other thing is that when you draft someone number three, and we talked about this, this is quarterback university, right? The expectation is so high for the quarterback. And this is what killed 
Alex Smith until he was able to develop a little bit. It's just the expectation is so high, and it's so unfortunate that you don't really get the chance to sit behind somebody. Like, how long did Aaron Rodgers sit before he, he played, years. right? And you just don't have that opportunity for Trey. And the the answer or the question is, is why doesn't he have that same opportunity? Because they didn't have to trade him. Maybe next year or maybe the year after where this fifth year in the deal, you kind of have to worry about that. But there was nothing that unless he was promised that if you're not the number two pick, we will trade you unless that was something that they worked out with the agent. I just don't understand why the need was necessary. I think you hit on something with that. You know, I it's one of those things that you constantly have to remind yourself, and I'm constantly reminding myself and reminding those around me that the internet is not a real place. No. Who, who are there? You know, it's 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 a different deal. So I so you interact there as a 49er fan and you hear all the negativity and then you see what happened at that game. And it was, it was last week and it was, it was wild to see the support Trey had, you know, in the, you know, in the stands, people were like really, really rooting for him. And that is completely different than, than the, the, um, then the impression you would get if all you if if the only information you had was what was happening on Facebook and Twitter. It's just it that you do not get that kind of energy at all. So um that's interesting. And, and I hadn't thought about it, but maybe you're right. Maybe that did play a um a role in it because it just makes it ma- it puts it makes it more pressure packed than already being QB one does for Brock or QB two for Darnold. The fact that if this dude is a third quarterback and he's got all of this groundswell of support, if we slip at all, then we've got this whole jackpot going on of, you know, why isn't Trey quarterback two or why isn't yeah. Trey getting a chance to be? And I mean, I guess the best way if you stated you believe in Brock and I guess the best way to evidence that faith is just to go ahead and go all in with this um triumvirate and you know like I say I'm a 49er fan so I hope it works out but you know I can see scenarios where it doesn't and like I say I just don't unless that which your hypothesis about the fan support is a real thing. Other than that, I really haven't heard any real, I mean, five, I mean, you say $5 million against the cap. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. If, <laughs> but you, I mean, if you're going to tell me you have cap relief, then you better use that cap relief to sign Nick Bosa. That's just, all that matters. You know, it's so it, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to trade him. I, I don't, I, I I think that the downside outweighs any benefit that you get from moving on from him yeah. because you still have even if he's here and even if he's the, the the QB3 you still have the opportunity of benefiting from 
his upside. There's an, there is a possibility that someone is hurt in a temporary type situation and he comes in and plays well and increases his value so that even if you still decide that you, you want to move on, you have now been put in a better position leverage wise to extract something more than a fourth round pick because hell I have been saying all along that if you just keep him, you can mess around and get a third round compensatory pick, you know, so you would figure that they were holding out for at least that. But again, as I've said all along, if I'm the, I know what the 49ers want and I know what the 49er fans want. They want to be somehow made whole. But if I'm, whoever, Team X, why the hell am I going to, you know, back up the truck and give you even a Carson Wentz deal? Yeah, not, uh, Niners have no leverage whatsoever in this deal. For what? Yeah. I mean, even Carson Wentz, say what you want about him before he hurt, he got hurt that year that they won a Super Bowl. He was an MVP candidate. You know, he never played at that level again, but that was the, the pitch that... um. You know, that's what that that's what the Eagles were selling, and that's what they sold to his former offensive coordinator is that you can help him um retrieve his um by past days of glory or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> but um yeah, the 49ers didn't have no narrative spin like that with Trey. Yeah, they were just stuck if, if they were gonna trade him, and again. You, a fourth round draft pick is better than cutting him out right. I mean, now that would just, you know, if if you know, you say how could it be worse? I guess that would be worse if you yeah. waved him. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that would be worse. So my uh, the my the the person I follow on Twitter, KSBW Drea, she works for uh, KSBW eight in Salinas. Is, she's a sports anchor in, in Salinas, uh, but she's a fun follow, uh, diehard Barry sports for fan. Salinas. Uh, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, so I, here's what I will say about this though. We're we're a little gloom and doom for this podcast so far. This podcast is called "We Want Winners" because Coach Mike Singletary was uh, dropping his drawers in the locker room <laughs> because of just frustration with his football team. So I, I want to say that this organization over the last four years, head and shoulders above where we, where we started this, <laughs> this, this web, you know, the, this Facebook group, originally Facebook group uh, and now podcast. So the, the expectations are high and they should be high as 49er fans. You should, have high expectations based not only off of the historical, you know, first team to win five Super Bowls, but also because, you know, the team has been pretty darn good for the last few years. And you're, you're kind of hoping that all things, if all things sort of crystallize and you have this, you know, this once in a lifetime season injuries are, are low and stuff, you could see them, them going far. The flip side is, and, and we've talked about this is the offensive line doesn't protect Brock. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Injuries happen, and they're not as good as, as, as we thought. I mean, even last year, before they got CMC, they were a pretty average football team. So I'm I'm I think that they're gonna be good. I don't, you know, it, them them trading Trey does not mean that 
all of a sudden I want bad things to happen. That is mm-hmm. not it at all. Not at all. I just did not like the way this was handled. And I saw Shanahan today say that, you know, he feels like he failed Trey. Okay. Nice to fall on the sword today, you know, but we've been hearing otherwise, you know, from the organization about him and his development and, and everything. So it's almost like, you know, the old Bob Arum saying, uh, you know, yesterday I told you a lie. Today I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> oh. That's the that's the frustrating part for me is like just the just the coach speak. I'm just like, come on, just like be real. Like we I, we know we know what's going on. Why would you just? I mean, and I and I get it. Kyle gets asked questions all the time, and there are times when he just doesn't say anything. I'm just yeah. not going to answer that. But I mean, I guess I I get from his perspective. I guess he can't just no comment his way through the season. Um, but you're, if you're asking him questions of a sensitive nature, it's it's look, man. I I how am I gonna? <laughs> I can't tell you the inner workings of what's going on with my football team. It's just that's. You know, how would you like it if your boss came out and was telling me about the corrective action that you guys just had yesterday afternoon about some, you know, there's a certain things as a boss, you know, and I know it's different that his employees are front facing individuals, but still, you know, I, I've seen it. Coaches can't just get out and coach their team through the media. It's just, it, it it just it it breeds distrust, and um, coaches that do that just don't last long. So, but I don't know. I mean, if we don't win here soon, you know, for all the great things Kyle has done, at a certain point, he's gonna be he's gonna be in an Andy Reid situation in Philly, where, you know, it has been great, but, you know, I, I hate that cliche. You can't win the big one, <laughs> but um, you know. It kind of is a real thing that maybe as great a coach as you are, it's just not a fit anymore here. And maybe we need a different voice. Ultimate prove it season for both these guys. Now they, they put, they put some pressure on themselves and that's probably what they want. They want the risk and they want, you know, the, what, what this stuff means as far as the pressure. And it just means that they're, you know, that, that, that there's high expectations and that they have a good roster. So, Okay, so the reason why I didn't watch the game is because uh, I have Hulu Live TV and I subscribe or I follow the 49ers actual team. Now, that gets me the recordings of every regular season game. And what I learned for this season in preseason game one, that it didn't record the preseason game. So... The first game one and game two, I realized before the game started and I set the recording, I forgot to do that today. So I didn't get the recording. I'm, what I may have to do is I may have to get that NFL app so that I can watch the uh, the replay on the NFL app and at least just see what happened. But you watched it and I'm, I, was looking at, um, I was looking at some of the stuff that happened. And I know that, uh, you know, when Brock was in, they, they did score. Uh, when Brock was out, uh, they scored in the third quarter. Uh, was that field goals or was that actual touchdown? Um, 
they scored a touchdown and could not, you know, we didn't have a field goal kicker. So we went, we, um, two point conversion, went for two point conversion. Um, yeah, Brock looked good. Debo looked great. JP looked great. Um, looked really good. And TDP looked good. I mean, I, our running backs, we're stacked because those two dudes are good. And we all know that CMC is a closer. Those two um, dudes combined for, 120 yards on 19 carries today. They are really good. They are really good. Um, yeah, Debo looks like he's in midseason form. You know, it was interesting to see how the first series um, played out because they were talking. I think it was Jennifer Lee, Chan Lee, or I'm sorry, I don't know, I messed up her name. But anyway, she had posted that um, Wednesday was Debo Day. He had like four, like seven straight completions or something like that. And then they went to him like immediately. Brock was like, it was like they were um, looking to get Debo started, which is not a bad idea um, if you can get him going early. Um, and then you got those other counter punches. Ayuk had a big play. The running game was good. I mean, we are stacked. Our, as long as there aren't any injuries like you said, with the, with the offensive line, and we're able to keep our front line guys healthy. I just it's it's hard for me to believe, um, a whole team isn't a contender for everything. But you know, it's such a tricky balance that a few injuries here or there, and you know, we could be looking at. We could be that same 500 team we were or under 500 team we were before um, CMC got here. It's just a real, every for, to me, it seems like a real delicate situation that, you know, we could be really good and, you know, a break here, a break there, and it could be a really disappointing season. But I guess you could say that about every team mm-hmm. every year. Um, but yeah, you know, but it's kind of, like you said, this is, you know, it's kind of a bummer day. <laughs> so I guess that's why I'm feeling doom or gloom. But um, I can say Monday morning, if I wake up and Nick has signed, <laughs> you know, all will be right with the world. And it'll be, it'll be like today never happened. Exactly. Do you know, I think I've told you this before, uh, Jennifer Lee Chan, who is the uh, NBC Sports Bay Area reporter, do you know that in an earlier lifetime for her, she was a professional wrestler? You told me that. I remember <laughs> that. You told me that's that is wild. Um, Women well, of wrestling like a, in the year two thousand. She was. I uh, remember that. Wow. Yeah, she was a she was a wrestler. I, I I love that trivia about her because what a wild uh, change in in job, <laughs> right? Like to be a performer on television and then to going to reporting i think it's it's pretty cool it would be awesome if one day on their podcast she like hit my ankle over the head <laughs> <with> the chair <laughs> i'm sure she could take you so you know we in the preseason game so far we've done this thing where we go you know who are the people who kind of stood out and who are the people who who stood out but in a negative way I didn't get to see the game, so I don't have anybody for you. But uh, but was there anybody who kind of was on your, uh, you know, who, who jumped off the map there? It was really, I pretty much mentioned them all. Um, 
Purdy looked good. Um, Debo looked great. Um, the two running backs looked really good. Um, Flanagan Fowles, I think, has, you know, Tim Ryan seems to think that Oren Burke is still going to be the starter. I think that Fowles has done enough that he should be the guy getting those snaps, but what do I know? Um, guys who Darnold was kind of not impressive. He made some really good throws. But that's, but that's New York Jets. Sam Darnold, he'll make great plays, but then he just, you know, inexplicably just makes some horrible, poor decisions. I mean, and they haven't, you know, really turned into turnovers here yet, but I don't know, man. It's just a matter of time with that dude. Brandon Allen did not look very good. Um, who else? Tay Martin had a couple of bad plays. He, I gave him half a drop because he, <laughs> the ball did hit him in the hands, but Darnold threw it behind him, so he had to kind of turn around, turn around, and 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 it hit him in the hands. But he was, you know, it's one of the deals where he's going completely back the other way and trying to. So it was kind of his fault because, you know, I know NFL receivers always say if he hits him in the hands, they're supposed to catch it. But it could have been a better pass. And then he had a passing of uh, offensive pass interference. So it wasn't a really good day for him. Um, there was an Austin Bryant sighting. Um, he made a couple of really good plays. And I saw Anthony Miller got in the game. Mm-hmm. He played okay. And then Javon Kinlaw, he was um, that dude, that, that that pile on the pile dude, where other dudes would make plays and then he would <laughs> he flag at the end <laughs> and jump on the pile and make it look like and he'd get up and celebrate. Like, man, that was old boy's play. Thing <laughs> and Files made that play. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, man, I'm gonna be real. Get that app and watch it if you want. But if you want to save great. those Wasn't great. three hours of your life, you can go ahead and you you could you know you can just watch the highlights on ESPN. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that maybe they uh, they make it they put it on demand for me, which uh, is possible mm-hmm. as well. Um, how, what about the offensive line? It was the the running game looked really good um there wasn't a, a a terrible lot of pressure and again i don't know you know with with the chargers you know i never do such a deep dive that i know um what we're looking at in terms of the opponents like i i, ne- I never even consult the depth chart as to who is playing and who's not but there was no leaky pressures um and they were dominant at times um you know they were really gashing them and giving those running backs really big holes um our defensive line looked pretty bad um the chargers were just running it at will on us and it's something that i harped on all last year and i know hargrave didn't play and armstead didn't play really um but when we go up against those good teams with good running games. Um, it's a problem that our interior and even with Hargrave, as good as he was in Philly, um, they, you could run up the gut on them too. I mean, it's just, you know, 
his skill set is more pass rush and we're going to be and I think Tim Ryan is right. I can't remember since I've been a 49er fan, even going back to like BY, he's he wasn't as an explosive as as athlete as Hargrave is. I can't remember uh, a pass rusher um as dynamic as um Hargrave on the interior from the inside. So it's just going to be it's going to it's going to look different. Um but you know, those teams, if we want to be where we want to be, teams like the Chiefs and the Eagles and the um, and Detroit, and even, hell, after what we saw from Atlanta last year when they put two bills up on us, um, we need to be stout in the middle and just not let people come and push us around the way. And, you know, it's it's the classic thing as the boxers that, you know, counterpunchers don't really like to be counterpunch we like to go play bully ball and beat people up punch them in the mouth it looks like you know we don't really like to get punched in the mouth and just play a nasty style of football we want to go out there and rush the passer and pre- you can be pretty and make plays and do all that um it remains to be seen if we can you know up front if we can you know win a fist fight because yeah. it's not looking good so we'll see though We'll see. We have not seen, you know, the the good news is we really have not seen our ones for an extended period of time. So I'm sure that will look very different. So Jake Moody was uh, scratched for the game. He has, uh, is it a hammy? Is that his issue? I thought it was a quad. Quad. Okay, quad. Uh, my cousin Zane Gonzalez was going to get the all, all, all the glory today. And his calf tightened up. And then he got scratched. So do we think that Kyle Shanahan is going to go to the league office and say that 49ers <laughs> need to be able to take – Yeah, three kickers, man. <laughs> well, I, what happened to the Money Mitch experiment? Or even better, how come we didn't just let Juice kick? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does every, he can do everything else. I mean, yep. I have no doubt. What he about uh, point. who? Who's that? The the fullback that they drafted. That's like the multi. No, ta- the Coletto. Yeah, they should have let mm-hmm. him kick. <laughs> or you know, and I know it's preseason, but I'm sure Christian McCaffrey can kick a field. Kick a field oh, I'm sure. So I'm sure. if 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 this happens in the regular season, it wouldn't surprise me if Christian kicked a 45 yarder to win. Oh yeah, game. oh yeah. I mean, we thought he's gonna play quarterback last year against the Eagles. <laughs> like, let him throw. Let him throw. <laughs> let Christian cook. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're about to go on vacation, uh, and I hope that uh, your vacation, uh, your 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 Saturday is a little bit better than your Friday as you as you get going uh, mm-hmm. on your on your flight well and i'm gonna bring my mic so okay i'm gonna see what the internet does and How, what, what's the time difference for us i am 11 hours ahead of you okay so if ever we're able to hook up it'll be early morning for me um and like in the afternoon for you right so, right right so yeah i mean and, and even if we just you know i guess we could be up just, we're having a production meeting online, but um, <laughs> if we could just, you know, do ten or fifteen minutes yeah. after the cuts have happened Tuesday, right? We, we get the roster and we, you know, just your thoughts, my thoughts, and um, 
you know, because I, I just think this is going to be, maybe it'll end up being much ado about nothing, but I think it's going to be um, a rip-roaring time. Yeah, it might be a so, little crazy. Yeah, so if we can, that's cool. If yeah, not, we'll, 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 we'll try. We'll see if we can do it. Um, but and I if also... not, I'll be back before our next um, scheduled meeting. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game uh, the Niners play uh, on. Let's see. I had this pulled up and, and now I lost it. Uh, they play the the Steelers um, in in Week One of the NFL uh, on September 10th at 10 a.m. and then they go in, in Week Two to the to the Rams. So that's who they play Week Two. So yeah, September 10th. You know, we're about two weeks uh, and and a day away from the season starting. So I can't... coming quick. Wait, we got fantasy drafts yep. coming up this week. Good luck to everybody. Um, draft well. You know, you can't win your league um, on draft day, but you can, um, you can, you can really handicap yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, get you a reputable cheat sheet, if nothing else. <laughs> I mean, there's so many more resources for to be informed on fantasy. I, I know I go overboard, but you know, take some time, give yourself a chance. I know p- most of you probably don't take it as seriously as I do, but um, it's more fun. Don't, don't, you know, I hate when people like quit yeah. <laughs> after like week 12 yeah. because their team stinks. My, they- my uh, first foray into fantasy football was uh, senior year in high school. Same year. The Niners won their last Super Bowl. I was doing this stuff by hand. All of the stats were me looking in the sports page and grabbing all the stats and doing it by hand. And that was the beginning of the league that I still play in, which I invited you to be in this year. So that is a long time ago that that we've been doing. Now we went from me doing it by hand. Then I would pay like 50 bucks a year to have this Mm -hmm. computer program that would do it. And then it would, I would send out newsletters because not not everyone was online, and then finally everyone was online, and we could do it. It's on so ESPN. much easier for league managers these days. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, that is going to be it from here. So, Rod, want to have uh, want to wish you a a very safe and and happy vacation, and we'll try and connect if we can, and possibly do a, a short show for folks, uh, and uh, and then your season will be here before we know it. And we'll be doing these every week post game, uh, as as long as um, you know, as long as we're not going to the game, which I do actually want to go to at least one this year. We and and if that. we could go to one together, that would be a lot That'd of be fun. Awesome. Yep. So so yeah. So uh, for Rod, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.